0: Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. Take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18. As we are uh, been studying last week, we started uh, in the book of Proverbs, and again, one of the one of the purposes here is uh, to seek a heavenly wisdom, as God is uh, wanting to give it to His children, wanting to share it with His sons and daughters, and in the family of God. And He's given us His Word. Uh, he's given us His Spirit to teach us His Word, and. Um, And, you know, one of the great takeaways that we can have from this is just just to read it, uh, just to get into the book of Proverbs and and seek the wisdom of God, uh, and he will begin to show it to us, just practical things, things that we can put into practice uh, right away, right away. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 1, the Bible says, through desire, a man having separated himself, seeketh. And intermeddleth with all wisdom. A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. So he says that if we were to seek this wisdom, uh, we would begin to uh, separate ourselves to it, you know, plan it, uh, be intentional. About seeking God's wisdom, seeking the seeking the Lord, seeking His uh, heavenly wisdom, and uh, and one of the ways and one of the reasons why that we would do such a thing is because we desire, right? Not not a have to. Again, this is God, our Father, right? Last week we talked about a family matter. This is God, our Father, wanting to bless, wanting to teach, wanting to help His children, and so we. You say, why would we separate ourselves to study the Word of God and to seek the Lord and his word uh, out of desire right out of desire now he says there's those that have no delight in it. Now the fool hath no delight in it there's no desire for heavenly wisdom uh, they would they would feel that it was more important to discover themselves. Did you see that at the end of the but that his heart may discover itself listen there there is so you know in the world today, it seems like a lot of people are trying to figure out, you know, they're trying to figure out their personality, trying to figure out themselves. You know, there's tests and all this sort of stuff to try and learn more about yourselves. I'm not saying I'm against that. I'm just saying that's so limited. I mean, you find, you find out all you want to know about yourself and never tap into heavenly wisdom. Where we really are going to tap into the wisdom that is from heaven is finding out more about God. Finding out more about him, not so much spending so much time trying to figure out more about myself and seeking more about me, but saying more, more about Jesus. What can I learn about the Lord Jesus Christ? What can I learn about God? What can I gain from his wisdom? Because we as humans are so limited that even if we learned all that there was to know about ourselves, we still wouldn't know the heavenly wisdom that comes from God. Pro- Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs teaches us, uh, in, in such a, a very practical way, the power of choice. As you kind of read through it, there's, it just talks about path a lot. It talks about decisions. You know, you can go this way, you can go that way, right? All the way through uh, the book of Proverbs. And it kind of helps us with the choices that we make are based upon what we value. Right. So, what we value is going to tr- is going to, in many ways, determine what we choose. And so, the Word of God, the Proverbs here, are trying to build up, if you will, the value of God's Word, the value of heavenly wisdom, the value, the uh, the praise in it, what it will do in our lives, um, the premium being set on. Wisdom throughout the scripture, throughout the Proverbs especially. This is the worth. You know, as we, begin to, as we begin to read it and study it, we begin to say, okay, wisdom has worth. Wisdom has value. Wisdom uh, has the power and the, uh, the capacity, the power and the capacity to produce good in my life. As I, as, I, as I make decisions to follow God's Word, I see the value in it. That's why I desire it. That's why I go after it. Everyday choices. Proverbs will help us see the value, the worth, and this heavenly wisdom, the Word of God, which is illuminated. It is, it is uh, uh, shown to us by the Holy Spirit. We kind of covered that a lot last week, how the Holy Spirit will open our eyes to these things as we read it. But let's just start in Proverbs chapter 8. Now again, like last week, we're going to be uh, turning to a lot of scriptures and reading a lot of scriptures um, as we study about the scriptures, about the power and the wisdom of the God's word. So Proverbs chapter 8. The first point uh, I think that Proverbs makes about wisdom is that it's not hidden. It's not it, hidden. It, it's not, it's not like it is, uh, it's not as if it is hard in the sense to find. He puts it out there for us. He gives it to those who will seek it. Look with me in verse uh, 1. He says, Doth not wisdom cry, and understanding put forth her voice? She standeth at the top of high places, by the way, in the places of the paths, She cries at the gates, at the entry of the city, and at the coming in, at the doors. Unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is unto the sons of men. O you simple, understand wisdom, and you fools, be of an understanding heart. Hear, and I will speak of excellent things, and the opening of my mouth shall be uh, right things. For my mouth shall speak truth, and wickedness is an abomination in my lips. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing forward or perverse in them. They are all plain. They are all plain to him that understandeth, and right to them that find knowledge. So, wisdom is out there. Uh, The word of God is out there. For those that will seek it, wisdom, and this should be uh, happy, I mean, this should make us happy, is wisdom is is able to be obtained. This is not an IQ, an intellectual thing. This is something that the Lord will give even to the simple, he says here. Those that seek those that go after. In other words, if wisdom is hidden, it's hidden in plain sight. Like if we're not seeing it, if we're not getting it, it's just because we don't desire it. It's just because we're not seeking after it. Because again, I'm going to keep going back to last week, the father wants his children to have it. The father is calling, and that's what the, was about last week. The father is calling his sons and daughters, hey, come into the family matter. This is, a, again, and I'm going to say it again, this is a family book. Right. This is uh, written by the father for us, his children, and the wisdom of the father is not hidden from us. We just have to seek it. We just have to go and find it. We have to go after it. Look at verse 10 uh, of Proverbs Proverbs uh, 8. He says, receive my instruction and not silver, and knowledge rather than gold. Are you seeing now here already, he's putting a value on it, something that we can begin to start to understand here, uh, silver and gold and precious metals, all these sort of things. He says, hey, wisdom is better than that. The wisdom of God is better than the riches of this world. It's far more eternal. He says in verse 11, For wisdom is better than rubies. And all the things that uh, may be desired are not to be compared to it. Those are pretty strong words, aren't it? Isn't it? When we're talking about the desire, you say, how is it that I can begin to make right choices? How is it that I can begin to seek after the wisdom... It's so much better if you desire it. Right. It, it, it really quickly takes uh, our time with the Lord, of reading His, His Word, of prayer, of fellowship, of praise, of all these sort of things. It really takes that to another level when it's us desiring it. When it is a want to more than just a have to. I know that I need to do this. Yeah, we know that we need to do this. And it's good if you're in that place and you say, I know that I need to do it and you have the character to do it. That's good. But my goodness, in your Christian life, you want to go farther than that. From the have to to the, I desire to hear from the Father. I desire to fellowship with Him and His Word. I really put a value on that fought you know, and, and I think I said this last week, we can make a list of desires, right? And he says that wisdom is not to even be compared to that. He says, uh, wisdom is far better. Verse 12, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions... The fear of the Lord. And we've talked about the fear of the Lord. It is what he says it is. It's the fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of wisdom. The beginning of understanding. And by the way, he talks about that a lot in in Proverbs. uh, The knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. One of the ways that you may be able to think of it uh, is knowledge is the what? Right? Uh, To know. To know what God would have us to do. To know the will of God. Right? That is knowledge in our... In our, in our lives. Uh, uh, wisdom would be how. Wisdom is the how we do what God would have us to do. How is it that we are able to fulfill uh, God's will in our life? He gives us wisdom. And understanding is the why. Understanding is the why we do what we do. Uh, I think that as, as children, uh, God the Father will give us the why. So that we understand what we're doing, why we're serving Him, why we are doing what we're doing. We're not just doing it because uh, He said to do it. That's obedience and that's good. But He'll also give us understanding so that we begin to say, My goodness, I want to do this for my good. Right? It's for my good that my Father has given me this knowledge and the wisdom to be able to fulfill it. Now I understand. So knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. It's all, in the beginning of all three of those is the fear of the Lord. He says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy and the evil way. And the forward mouth do I hate. We talked about last week. I just keep going over this. uh, We have to humble ourselves before God for him to be able to teach us. The Holy Spirit teaches us as we humble ourselves. The pride and arrogancy has to go out the window. We have to be teachable, right? He said that, uh, that the wise person will hear instruction. So we've got to be teachable. We've got to be going to the Lord. And, and as we pick up His Word, I think it's a good, it's a good prayer as we pick up God's Word. Uh, Lord, teach me. Lord, show me. Lord, lead. Just that simple prayer, I believe maybe even just prepare our hearts for the Father to say, Oh man, that kind of spirit, that kind of attitude, I'll open up my word to someone that comes to me humbly, right? He will begin to, oh, this is what I was talking, this is what it is in our Christian life uh, that is this like the icing on the cake, and it's the whole cake really, is when the Father begins to teach us. When the Father begins to open up His Word to us and help us and begin to lead us and guide us and, and, and direct us, it makes it so uh, personable. It makes it such, uh, in really the way that He'd have it to be. So He says in verse, uh, verse 17, I love them, talking about wisdom, I love them that love me and those that seek me early shall find. Me. That's a promise, isn't it? That those that seek shall find. Those that seek me early shall find me. Riches, verse 18, yeah. and honor are with me, yea. and I like this where he right. says Amen. durable Amen. riches. See, sometimes the deceitfulness of riches will throw us off, right? The Bible talks about the deceitfulness of riches. Sometimes the deceitful riches will throw us off from going after the durable riches. And so he says, and as wisdom, he says, Riches and honor are with me, yea, durable riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold. All, all I'm trying, you say, why are you reading these verses? I'm just trying to, in our mind and in our heart, put a value on it. Put, we're trying to put a value on it. I believe that if we put a value on the Word of God and wisdom from the Lord, then we'll be able to desire it. And as we begin to desire it, then we will, I mean, it'll, it'll begin to uh, soak in and we'll begin to live it out, put it to practice in our lives. Yet durable riches, my fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice, silver. I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of, of the paths of judgment. Skip down to verse 34. We could read all these verses. Proverbs is just full of it. That's why I I, I again suggest to read a proverb a day. Whatever that date is, uh, that day. Read that proverb that day. Uh, Verse 33, hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me watching daily at my gates, waiting, at the post of my doors. I, I like that picture. That picture there is, is that you're, you're getting up and you're waiting. Those that wait upon the Lord. That Again, that waiting, uh, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall mount up as wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. That waiting, that getting up and waiting on the Lord, I don't believe that that waiting is just doing nothing. I believe that that waiting is expecting. It's going to it. And, and, and you know, if you're waiting on a bus, you're expecting one to show up, right? So you're going and you're waiting, waiting for it, anticipating the Lord. And he says, listen, if you come waiting on me, if you come seeking me, you're going to find. Uh, you're going to get this answer. You're going to get something from the Lord. Look at verse 9 of chapter 9. Verse 9 of chapter 9. He says, uh, give instruction to a wise man and he will be yet... Wiser, teach a just man and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So there's a choice. That's what I'm trying to say. Is there's a choice. We begin to make decisions in our lives. And we can uh, make decisions based upon scripture. Based upon God's word, And ultimately that's what it is to be a Christian. Right? You accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Lord and Savior. And then as a Christian, it is a simple but uh, lifelong process, that sanctification process, of beginning to seek the Lord in his word and making changes as appropriate. Uh, If it's been a while, let me just say this, and I'm not trying to... I'm preaching all of us. I'm not trying to be rude. But if, it, if it's if it been a while since there's been any changes in your life, it may be a while since the Lord spoke to you in, your, in his word. Because I, we all have a long way to go. All of us have a long way to go. And as we're in his word, he's constantly, as a mirror, showing us things that, hey, this needs, uh, you need to add this, right? You need to subtract that and add this. Add, subtract. That's what he's doing in our lives as we're seeking him. That's what it means to be a Christian, Christ-like, to follow Christ, lining our, our lives up with Christ according to his word. Proverbs, hold your finger in Proverbs 9. Just skip over to Proverbs 1. Hold your finger in Proverbs 9. Proverbs 1, verse 29 We're going to talk about choosing choice this morning. Proverbs 129. For that they hated knowledge, talking about those that did not want the Lord and His wisdom. They hated knowledge and did not choose. See, it's a choice. Did not choose the fear of the Lord. Now skip back to Proverbs 9. Proverbs 9 verse 6. He says, forsake the foolish and live and go in the way of understanding. So there's a choice here. We can choose uh, to go after wisdom. We can choose to seek after wisdom, uh, waiting at, the, at, the, at his gates and looking for the Lord. Or we can choose to go the way of the foolish. We can also choose to forsake the foolish. I mean, there is a choice of saying, listen, I am forsaking uh, the way of the world, the philosophies of the world, Um This is a a, a, a familiar passage to all of us, but Psalm 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, this is the, you say, what are you, the the blessed man, the blessed lady, his delight, her delight, is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. This is a fruitful believer. This is a fruitful uh, Christian that chooses. Again, it's a choice. That chooses not the way of the evil, not the way of the. Uh, a sinner, but the way of the Lord. That you say, does that mean I'm perfect? No, it does not mean you're perfect. But there is a point in time in our lives that we have to make a choice. I believe that you know, in many of our life, in many, uh, many, many Christians' lives. Let me put it this way: in many Christians' lives, they just don't choose. It's kind of, it's not a, it's not a, you know, I'm choosing this or I'm choosing that. It's just kind of like. Going through life, almost unintentional. But I, I, I'd say this by not choosing, that's a choice. Because by not choosing, uh, our minds will be conformed to this world. Unless we present our bodies, as Paul says, a living sacrifice and become transformed by the renewing of our mind, uh, by not choosing, we're going to be influenced by the ways of the world. Take your Bibles and turn to Joshua. Joshua chapter 24. They have a couple uh, Old Testament examples. Joshua chapter 24. Now the context of Joshua here is that um, he he took uh, God's people, he took uh, the nation of Israel into the promised land to inherit uh, the land that God had given them. And this is just a wonderful story in itself, the the story of Joshua and and the people of Israel going into the promised land. I believe if you would study the book of Joshua with this in mind, um, uh, our Christian life, overcoming temptation, getting victories in our Christian life. Because these were God's chosen people and God was taking them into the promised land and And uh, you say the promised land, I thought it was a picture of heaven. Uh, I think the promised land would be a picture of the fruitful uh, life living in Christ. You say, why? Uh, Because they fought battles the whole time going in. And when we get to heaven, there's not going to be any battle, to fight. Right. Uh, they go in there, and one battle after another battle after another battle, but the Lord was with them and would help them. But they had to be intentional to go up against each and one, every one of these cities to take it. Uh, but Joshua, being the captain here, being the leader, um, he was a wonderful influence and tried to follow God to the best of his ability. And uh, God blessed him and blessed the nation of Israel as they as they fought battle after battle, God giving them victory after victory. But at the end of his life, and he's kind of giving his last, his last, uh, last speech here, he knows it's over for him, and he's talking to the nation of Israel. And by the way, we don't have time this morning, but he, his, his last speech kind of mirrors um, uh, Moses's. If you go back to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30 and Moses says there's a choice set before you guys. This is what Moses said. uh, Life or death. Blessing (laughs) or cursing. And this is what Moses said. You're going to have a choice. I'm dying. I'm going. But Moses said, nation of Israel, you have a choice now. You can choose. But he says choose. You've got to choose life or death. You've got to choose blessing or cursing. You have to choose these things. You have to choose to follow the one true God or these idols that are going to be in this land that you go And then he says, uh, Joshua, kind of doing exactly what Moses had done, Joshua 24 and verse 13. He says, And I have given you a land for which you did not labor, and cities which you built not, and you dwell in them, of the vineyards and olive yards which you planted not do you you eat. He's talking about all the blessings of God. (sighs) You know what? We are so blessed in America. I know I say this a lot. We are so blessed in America. We all the time drive on roads that we did not build. I mean, I'm saying all ourselves. We turn, on, we turn on spigots and fresh water comes out. Lights. We are just so blessed that with all this peace and with all this blessing, there is a great, great, great temptation to be unthankful. Unbelievably, unthankful. And he's trying to remind them of all the blessings. that He says. you're going into a place where you didn't even build the city walls, but you get to inhabit them. You didn't even plant your gardens, and you get to eat of it. Uh, He's trying to remind them of the blessing of God before they make a choice. I think before we make a choice, uh, again, I think this adds to the value of it. We need to think of the blessing of God. Like, the blessings that we have, it is just because of God. He is the reason why we are blessed, He is the reason why. If there is safety, if there is peace, uh, if we don't worry about being invaded as we go to sleep at night, uh, you know, that's even hard for us to think. Well, I never even, you know, sometimes we even think, well, why would we be invaded? You know, many people throughout human history have had to worry about that while they go to sleep at night. We don't even think about that. Why? Because we are so blessed. We are so blessed. And so he says, uh, verse 14, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. This sincere Christian living. This is not a, this is not a, a, a face. This is not a trying to impress people. This is not a, a doing it for any other reason than we love God. This is the only reason why we do what we do. Why do we do what we do? Why do we, why do we do what we do? It's because we love God. Because he first loved us. Because he gave himself for us. Because he accepted us into the body of Christ, the beloved. We are just love him because of who he is for us, right? This sincere Christian living. In truth, and put away the gods, small g, which your father served on the other side of the flood, and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, hey, you know, if you study the life of Joshua, he had some spunk. Uh, Joshua he is again, he is a fighter. Uh, he, that's you say. Uh, what was Joshua's uh, life uh, after the time Moses has left? He spent his whole life in battle. He spent his whole life in battle. I don't know what you're going to face in your Christian life, but you say maybe I'm in a battle right now. Uh, it, you know that may be that may that may go on for a while. Uh, Joshua fought a battle for his. You know it was one battle after another battle after another battle after another battle. And he had some fight in him. He says, uh, "If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served." Uh, that we're on the other side of the flood and the God of the Amorites whose land you dwell but as for me and my house we will serve the Lord man I like that I like that he says he he stood up and it was almost as if and I'm trying to picture this this old general you know that everyone there respected right after all the hard battles that they've been through and all the camaraderie that's going through he almost stood up there and just said listen I don't care what you do what you do is your choice. What you, The direction that you go is up to you. You have the choice to serve these false gods. You have the choice to serve the gods of the Amorites and who, whose land we just come. Or you have the choice to serve the gods of the Egyptians or the gods of whoever. He says, but listen, I've made up my mind. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I believe that each and every one of us a, as, as believers, we've got to not look at everybody else and try and take a poll of what everybody else is doing and try and understand how everybody else is serving God, but just come to a point in time in our life where we say, as I can't control everybody else. I can't make up other people's minds, right? But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Uh, they made a decision this day. Um, verse 24, look at this. Joshua 24, 24. And the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God will we serve, and His voice will we obey. Mm-hmm. So they said, listen, we're making a choice here today. We're going to decide now to follow after the Lord God. And then he, and he goes on from verse 25 to 28 to make a covenant they made a covenant and and all these ordinances there and check them and he wrote the words in the book of the law on a great stone and he put it there by the sanctuary of the Lord verse 27 and Joshua said unto all the people behold this stone shall be a witness unto us for it had heard all the words of the Lord which or, uh, which he spake unto us and it shall be therefore a witness unto you lest ye deny your God. So he's saying, listen, now you've made a choice. Now there's, now there's commitment, right? Now there's a time of commitment where we follow God as we've chosen him. I would say that each and every one of us have to come uh, personally to a decision point. I believe that that's what, the, that's what the Word of God's trying to do here. I believe that just as Joshua stood up in his day and Moses stood up in his day and Jesus stood up in his day and Paul stood up in his day, I believe that we are standing here today saying we must make a choice. But by not choosing, that's a choice. We must, if you say, I'm, I've been on the fence, I've been in and out, I've been kind of back and forth. No, 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 make a choice. You say, is that going to mean everything's going to be perfect? No, but your mind's made up. You already know what way you're going. When, there, when, when a decision comes, right, when a, when a decision comes in your family and in, in, in any anything that goes on, It's all going to go back to we decided to serve the Lord, so what does God's word say? And we begin to seek it in his word because of that decision that we made as a family, as an individual, to serve the Lord, right? Sometimes we put more value on worldly things. My goodness, this uh, message is uh, much longer than what I thought it was. We're going to have to cut it short. But take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. I think that if we make a decision to seek after, delight, in and value the Word of God and the wisdom of God, what if we were to set out our most valuable things? I, I'm just, I just feel like maybe we should talk about this for a second. What if we were to think about what is the most valuable things that we have here on earth? You know? What is it? I would say that if we are we spiritually minded, if we ask the Lord, He may lead us to show us that the Word of God, that prayer, that the Holy Spirit... That with these things, uh, we could face anything that comes our way. Uh, what, what is it that, that is valuable to us? I believe that is what will begin. That's what the uh, Lord uh, taught here, verse um, Luke 12, 29. He says, um, Luke 12, 29. And seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink neither be ye of a doubtful mind you know the Bible talks about in another place a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways you know what happens sometimes is we we try to not choose we try to take both sides right we try to be in the world and try to be try to be in Christ at the same time and he says love not the world neither the things that are in the world the, the uh, uh, if the love of the world in you, I just messed that up. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loved the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Right? And what is he talking about? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life. That's what he's talking about when he's talking about the worldly things. He says in verse 30 of chapter 12 in Luke, uh, For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. You know, it would be terrible if believers, if Christians, were seeking after the same things. What if, what if we as Christians, and I'm not trying to say this in a way that we're looking down on other people or, or like we're better, but what, 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 it, what if our value system was the same as the world's, as Christians, as believers? Our value system must be different, right? Why we have eternity? We have uh, we have so many things that the Father has given us uh, as a believer, as a Christian. That our value we don't seek after the same thing the world seeks after. He says, "And our Father knoweth that ye have need of these things, but rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you." All right? He says, um, "Verse thirty-four: For where your treasure is, there will your heart be." Also, awesome. again, it goes back to the value. What do we treasure? That's where our heart's going to be. That's where our heart's going to be at. Skip back now to uh, Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 and verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Jesus traveling and visiting Mary and Martha. Verse 39. And she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about Uh, much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful, full of care, right? Careful and troubled, anxious, right? You're full of care and anxious about many things. But one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Mary made the right choice. As we look at Joshua, as we look at Mary, we see some choices that they make. And you look back and Jesus is saying, listen, uh, Martha, Martha, Mary made the right choice. You say, what was the choice that Mary made? She decided to sit at the feet of Jesus and hear His words. Right? She wanted to hear from the Lord. She wanted to fellowship with the Lord. This was a choice. This is good choices. Right? These are good choices. We're going to close just in Matthew. Turn, turn, turn to Matthew chapter 7. Jesus telling us about making choices in Matthew chapter 7. He uses multiple examples here. He, he begins the passage by encouraging us in verses 7 to 11 to pray. You know, he says, "Ask and it shall be given you; uh, seek and you shall find; knock and it shall be opened unto you." For everyone that asketh receiveth, and seeketh uh, findeth; and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. So he's encouraging us as believers to pray and to talk to him. Then in verse, um, um, where would it be? Verse thirteen. He says, "Enter ye in at the straight gate." For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth to life, and few there be that find it. And so Jesus is saying, listen, you have a choice. You can either go the broad way, right? Or you can go the narrow way. You can go uh, the, the way that leads to destruction, or you can go the way that leads life and Jesus Christ we know is that door Uh, he says that in John chapter 10 and verse 9 I am the door by me if any man enter in he shall be saved that is without a doubt the most important decision the most important choice that any individual can make is to go through the door to go through Jesus Christ to receive salvation that's a choice Right? The Holy Spirit draws. The Holy Spirit convicts. He shows us this. But then we choose. Do we take death or do we take life? Do we follow Christ or do we go our own way? The broad way. The way that everybody and, and the many are going. Or are we going to go the way the few are going? Following Christ. Then he talks about another decision here in Matthew chapter 7. Look at verse... We'll pick it up in verse 24. By the way, he and I'm hurrying here, but uh, verses 15 to 20, he warns us of false teachers. Um, He warns of teachers that would be teaching things that are not true. You say, how will you know if uh, something is false doctrine is not truth? Um, By his word. By his word, by their fruits, by his word. That's how we're able to find out what is true and what isn't. But then he talks about another choice that we have to make. Verse 24 He says, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. So the key is to hear and to do, right? Those that hear and do. I will liken him to a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. So the wind still comes. The troubles still come. The storms of life still come but is founded upon the rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man that built his house upon the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell and great was the fall of it and it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings the people were astonished by his doctrine for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Jesus here says, hey, we're building a house. As believers, as Christians, if we've chosen to follow Jesus Christ and go through that door now, we're building a spiritual house. And the the first choice is where to build. Do we build upon the rock? Right? Do we build upon the rock, or do we build upon the philosophies of this world, the ever-changing philosophies of this world, and the, and, and, and what is popular, what is uh, the the uh, what what is uh, uh, what everybody's saying right now? Or we b- believe on the word of God, no matter what, whether it's popular or not, whether things change or not. Say, listen, I am choosing Jesus Christ to build my house. We would never purchase a house that didn't have a foundation, right? You would never buy a house that didn't have a foundation. You would never build a house upon a foundation. But listen, going back to the value system, our spiritual house is more important than our physical house. And so many times, maybe we would put more emphasis and more research into the physical house than asking, am I building upon the rock, right? Am I building my life? Is it based in the Word of God and based by a fellowship and relationship with God? There's a choice. As we close, I would ask each of us to look into our own lives. And maybe we'd come like Joshua and say, we're choosing today. I'm choosing today. Myself as an individual, uh, I'm going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, maybe as a family would come together, that we are going to build upon the rock. We're going to build upon the foundation, the rock being Christ. Or maybe it's like Mary, where we have a choice to be uh, cumbered about with many things, you know, troubled and careful, full of care about the things of the world. Or we can make the choice like Mary to say, listen, I have got to shut out the world for a little while and hear from Jesus. I've got to hear from His Word. I have to do this. I'm going to choose. I'm going to make a choice Again, so many times we say, we're too busy, right? But what we should really say is we should get honest with ourselves: is we just don't value it, right? Because if we valued it, if we put the proper value on it, the desire would come and we would find the time, right, to choose like Mary chose. Allowing God, allowing His Word to show us, to lead us as we put the premium on that believe that God will give us wisdom. God will speak to us through his word as we seek it, as we ask it, as we humble ourselves to it. And this is the most uh, um, fulfilling, fulfilling part of our Christian life is when we fellowship with the Father and with the Son, right? And his joy can fill us as a result. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this time that we have in Your Word. I pray that You would take uh, uh, this message and stir us up, Lord, that we would make some choices, Lord, that we would uh, make some decisions in our lives to serve You and You only, to fellowship with You, to be intentional, to be in Your Word, humble ourselves to it, seek it, obey it, uh, build our spiritual house, Lord, on the rock. Lord, we love you, and again, we thank you for this time that we can meet together in your house with your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website, or you could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. And feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.